Welcome to the Design the Future podcast, where we talk with women leading the way towards a better built world. Design the Future is hosted by me, Lindsay Baker, with Kira Gould. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Design the Future podcast. It's good to be with you again. This is Lindsay. And this is Kira. Yeah, and we are here and it is in that like cozy uh, winter time of the year. And I am so happy to be able to just hang out and catch up with you, Kira. How how are you? How's life? Life is good. I'm enjoying winter as well, which as such as it is in California. Close yeah. As we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Here we've been getting a lot of rain, which has been such a blessing. It's feeling really I don't know, um, just a huge relief. Usually we get it a little bit later in the winter season. So it's been fun to see pictures of like all the snow up in the Sierras and things. Yep. It makes me feel even more in the in like the holiday mood than I otherwise would be. But I'm a I'm a personal fan of the holidays. So <laughs> absolutely. You know? No, yeah. I I love the holidays. I think it's a nice, it's nice to have an interruption of all the usual routines and, um, and also all just all, you know, it inspires us to sort of pause, reflect, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. do some planning, maybe all of that stuff. I think it's great to have room for that. Yeah, it is so true. I I have, I, I, I still feel like I'm doing it, but I will also say, I don't know about our listeners, but sometimes these days, my end of the year is so hectic from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I, my, I said this to my colleague the other day, who's been working in nonprofits longer than I have. And he said, oh man, welcome to the nonprofit world. And I thought about that. And I, I, there may be something to it. If for those out, out there that work in the nonprofit world, I don't know if you're also feeling this just craziness at the end of the year, but I imagine it depends on the company. I'm sure many of you also have that like craziness, (laughs) whether it's budgeting for us, it's some combination of budgeting and trying to hit our goals. And I I don't know, a number of other things, but um, yeah, I feel like this sort of funny combination of lots going on at work, but also I just want to hibernate, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (sighs) Yeah. I, I feel that. And it is interesting how the different arcs of, um, where where different types of companies um, have super busy moments in the calendar and things like that. And I have some nonprofit clients and I do, I definitely feel that different um, pace of things that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just getting used to it, but also I'm still sort of emotionally resisting a little bit sitting here with, you know, in the evenings with my eggnog, trying to approve budget spreadsheets and things. (laughs) Eggnog (laughs) and spreadsheets. That's where we are. (laughs) That can be the subtitle of our, (laughs) of our podcast for today, but I will actually also, I mean, I think that's probably a good way to introduce our guest for today, because I am very appreciative that we have um, an amazing leader joining us who is probably very busy herself at the end of this wild and eventful year. Um, So uh, let's just introduce our guest, Lakeisha Woods. Lakeisha, we are so happy to have you. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And yeah, I mean... (laughs) It's, uh, this is one we have been looking forward to for a long time. I think we actually 
tried to get Lakeisha to join. We started um, in her previous role, so it is even <laughs> more exciting um, that we have Lakeisha with us. So I'm guessing that most people that listen to our podcast already know who you are, Lakeisha, but we're just going to give everyone the overview in case. Um, Lakeisha Ann Woods is the Executive Vice President and CEO of the American Institute of Architects, which is a network of some 94,000 architects and design professionals and 200 chapters committed to enhancing the built environment. Woods previously served as president and CEO of the National Institute of Building Sciences. And prior to NIB, she was senior VP and chief marketing officer at the National Association of Home Builders. She's also an author of the book, Never Get Their Coffee, Empowering Fearless Leadership, and currently serves as the chair of the board of the American, American Society of Association Executives and on the board of visitors for the University of Maryland School of Architecture. So, you know, she's a little bit busy and she made time for <laughs> us and we are so thankful for that. And it's gonna be just a fun conversation about this amazing woman's career and pathway. So um, Lakeisha, we're gonna hand it over to you to just, um, you know, start by sharing a little bit about, um, about your path in life. We'd like to learn about how and why you got involved in the building industry and just how you got to where you are today. Well, thank you both. Uh, I'm so glad that we are finally here together to, to have this discussion uh, and shed a little light on, on who I am and also why I'm so excited to be at AIA at this time. Now, my my background, how did I, I stumble into uh, the, the built environment? I'd say by happy accident. Uh, I went to University of Maryland and... Uh, I, my very first job was really uh, working for the National Ready Mix Concrete Association. And I, I say I stumbled into it because I was really just going on, I wanted to start doing some interviews to practice. And I went on my interview there. And by the time I got home from the interview, a offer letter and packet of benefits was sitting on my doorstep. And I was so excited by which the speed they made the offer that I immediately wanted to go work uh, for NRMCA. And from there, I had a great boss who then sort of convinced me to hop from association to association. So working at the National Ready Mix Concrete Association, from there, I went to the Associated General Contractors of America uh, at a time when uh, all of the technology companies were trying to teach the construction industry how to adapt and, and learn about all the new tools they were creating. And I went from AGC to the National Association of Home Builders. And that's really where I spent the bulk of my time. Uh, and then, of course, had the great opportunity, as you mentioned, to, to lead uh, the National Institute of Building Sciences, which was fascinating because it took all of my former associations and those CEOs, and they became members of my association because NIBS represents all the associations within the built environment, in addition to government agencies. And, you know, that's where I built a relationship actually with Robert Ivey and AIA. We worked closely together at NIBS and, you know, one thing led to another and here I am at AIA. And so it is, it's fascinating to have had the opportunity to work with all the various sectors of the built environment. I think it is definitely an asset for me as part of what AIA would like to do is open that umbrella, open the tent and bring more people in so that as they say, architects aren't just so busy talking to each other. We recognize how important it is to have all the stakeholders at the table so that we can learn from each other and make improvements. Uh, so I'm thrilled that I've had the chance to, to learn from all of my members of the past 
and have just truly enjoyed this almost, you know, 11, 10, 11 months on the job here at AIA. Wow. I love this. And I, I just love, I, we're going to talk a little bit more about this during our time with you, this sort of role that you brought that, that you have approached the building industry from around associations and sort of the convenings of professionals. Uh, it, it's such a cool sort of angle on the work that I think you get to see and hear probably more voices than many of us do, you know, in a typical day, but also in the course of your career. Um, so it's just so cool to to hear how you kind of how you found your way in. And I'm glad that somebody managed to snag you really early in your interview process <laughs> to get you into this community. We are certainly the better for it. Um, so so let's talk a little bit about kind of the professional association um, world. What should people know about in terms of what it's like to work in a professional association like AIA? What What kind of people are you looking for when you're hiring? What should they be good at and interested in? Well, specifically to AIA, I will say that AIA's decision to write the strategic plan with the goals outlined of leading in climate equity and racial and ethnic and gender equity, we, I think it's really important. You know, that climate action piece, people want to, to make a difference and change the world. And we all know in not just in architecture, but in in all professions, getting true equity, racial, ethnic, gender equity, it's a challenge. And to say out loud and to put in writing that this is something we're going to focus on, it's really important. And, you know, AIA leadership is really focused on the alignment between climate and equity. And they recognize the two really intersect. This is time for us to show how we as AIA can make improvements towards meaningful change. And part of that is because architects are so passionate about making a difference and saving the world. And just to be a part of that is really exciting. And it also is extremely helpful for me as I am trying to recruit people into our organization and people want to be a part of significant change. So it's been helpful for us as a recruiting tool. Uh, each day, AIA members across the country and throughout the world, they create the places where people live, work, learn, and play. You know, we say that all the time, but they really do. They are a part of that process and they are um, critical to making a difference and people want to be a part of it. Now, working at a professional association like AIA, it allows the opportunity for the organization to support and create a space for our members to network but also for our teams to really impact a particular industry, a particular association and, and environment. And uh, people want to be a part of that. Most people don't actually realize there's an opportunity to work in associations itself as a career. So that's a, another, when I wear my ASAE hat, it's something we think about. Uh, but it is a wonderful opportunity to really make a difference and provide to the profession. So AIA, as you mentioned, our number of members, I have to proudly say that last week we crossed over and we have 96, over 96,000 members uh, that we create resources and tools for. And mind you, at 96,000, it's the highest number in the history of AIA. So really happy for the team and the hard work they put in this year to build our membership back up. And as you know, AIA is the voice of the architecture profession, uh, and it's a resource for its members so that they can serve society. 
So we are thrilled to have the great staff team that we have. We have tools and resources that are available on our website. And of course, our staff team created values that we work by, and we also have values that the board is, is aligned to. That's great, Lakeisha. Um, I love so many parts of that, and especially the meaningful change. I do think architects are a very passionate group of people. And so I really take to heart a lot of that that you were saying. Um, I wondered if you could maybe uh, point us to or talk a little bit about something that you are most proud of accomplishing in your work life. It could be anything. It could be something personal or something, you know, very, very professional on the professional side. Oh boy. So one of the things I'm really proud of, and I guess if I if I look back at my my professional career, the thing I'm most proud of are the teams that I've built. I think that no leader is ever going to be successful without a talented team that you work with. And so I always attribute all of my success to always surrounding myself with talented, caring, professional people. And I'm also very proud of the diversity of the people that I have been able to surround myself with. I think that when you become a leader and you have the opportunity to recruit a team, it is very important to recruit a diverse team. I say it all the time for, to our members when we talk about the importance of recruiting a, uh, a diverse team, but I also try to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And it is really important. I know that the reason why we've been successful in any of my jobs, wherever the teams are that I've, I've built, it's because they are you know, diverse in all aspects of that definition. And in addition, we have been more innovative and more financially successful because of it. And so it was, of course, the first thing I looked at when I looked at AIA, the goals, the strategic plan, and what we need to do to move the organization forward. And all I care about, number one priority is to make sure I've got the right people with the right skill set, and also that they know that I care about them as people first, and in addition to making sure that they have all of the tools and resources that they need to be successful. So for me, when I think about my work life, I am only successful because of the great teams I've worked with. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I'm really um, happy that you mentioned the diverse team point of view, because that's a big thing, I think. And you you, you said something specifically about diverse in all aspects. I think we forget about like general how, how interesting it can be to make sure that a team has some generational diversity too. you know, age diversity. Yes. That can be a really big um, asset to a team on a lot of different topics. I've, I've experienced that myself. You've mentioned the strategic plan a couple of times. And so I, I do want to ask you a little bit specifically about, about AIA. This is such an interesting time to be leading AIA at, at a moment when the entire building industry is undergoing um, really a transformation of sorts to better address climate adaptation, resilience needs, but also tackle social challenges, um, some of which you've talked about a little bit. So I wonder if you could speak a little bit more about the Institute and the profession at this moment in time and how you see your mission. Architects are natural at addressing complex or multifaceted issues. Now, what that means today is a focus on sustainability and equity, two interrelated issues that will drive safety and preserve the health and protect the welfare of the public. Climate and equity are interconnected. 
For humanity to thrive, we need to design and build equally for all communities and for those that are affected to sit at the table when decisions are made. In the US, one clear place where climate and equity intertwine is in schools. I was speaking actually at a conference earlier uh, this year and I was referencing, I had just started, I was watching the news and I'm from Maryland for those of you who listening in. And earlier this year, this right before the end of the school year, they interviewed a mother who had to leave work early to pick up her daughter from school because the school had no air conditioning, the school in Baltimore. It was 110 degrees Fahrenheit, 43 Celsius. She mentioned that she had to take leave without pay. Plus she couldn't do this for multiple days or she would lose her job. How is that allowing for an opportunity for equity for the mother or the daughter? There are schools across this country who do not have, that do not have uh, air conditioning in an area where that will really truly impact that community. We must design, build, and remodel schools and other buildings in the community to make them fair and balanced for people of all backgrounds and incomes. AIA's mission, as always, is to inspire and empower architects to improve society and transform the world through the power of design. Our ultimate goal is not just to be responsive to change, but ensure that AIA is recognized as an agent of positive change by our members, the profession, and the public. So I really hope we can move the needle and make sure that we continue to allow our architects to transform society. I appreciate that, Lakeisha, and I especially, I, I like that your um, example talked, you know, led you to pointing out the importance of, of renovation and renovating buildings that exist and how and that's really, it's becoming clear that that's really a growing part of the built environment community's focus or should be. Um, and so to that point, it's, it's actually a perfect segue to, to my asking you about the major renovation that the AIA is undertaking right now, the renewal of the 50-year-old headquarters building in Washington. It's so exciting to see this very high-profile reuse project underway for many of us. I know you're working with an amazing team on this, including, I think, EHDD, Hood Design Studio, Hartman Cox, and also Point Energy Innovations, and maybe Turner Construction. I hope I have that list right. Correct. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that project? Absolutely. Uh, AIA, as you mentioned, right, we are not only uh, representing the architecture profession, we are now a client of an architecture firm uh, with EHDD in our first major upgrade of this 1973 Brutalist building. And let me tell you, with all of its single pane windows, we are definitely in need of an update. Uh, the building renewal is actually set to begin in January, and our team is moving out by the end of next week. So we've spent a lot of time uh, just getting the building ready for this process. We hope, and actually we will, <laughs> make sure that AIA is setting an example by leading with sustainability and equity and making sure our community and our profession understand the importance of design. We want to embody the sustainability measures outlined in our framework for design excellence and meet the goals of our 2030 commitment. We have to make sure we are leading by example. The commitment empowers firms to track and measure progress towards net zero carbon with transparency and accountability. 
The collection and analysis of data allows architects and firms to establish baselines and see what's achievable. How much has someone been able to push performance for a certain kind of building in a given climate zone? We are thrilled to see firms meeting the target in buildings of every use type. Doubling its signatories these past five years and now representing over 1,100 firms and 56,000 design professionals, the program's target is 100% fully carbon neutrality in 2030. And just so you know, EHDD also signed our materials pledge, so to ensure that we are sourcing sustainably. That's great, Lakeisha, and I'm a big fan of the commitment, as you well know, um, and it's great to hear a little bit about that. Um, I'm really hoping we can see, we can actually see some that growing um, leaps and bounds in the near future. I feel like the acceleration is, is really happening now, um, but that's also a great segue to, um, to my other question, which is, has to do a little bit more broadly with some of the other places that you have worked, because before AIA, you were a leader at, we talked about NIBS, and then before that, NAHB, and these are major forces within the industry. And I'm just really curious about what you're bringing to AIA from those groups. Um, in particular, for example, NAHB is a major lobbying powerhouse. So I'm wondering if you might talk a little bit about advocacy at AIA in the era of climate change and, and what that looks like. Oof, hot button topic. So yes, uh, one of the initiatives that I hope we can reinvigorate is showing the value to our members about contributing to the federal PAC. Uh, part of the reason why NAHB is a major powerhouse in lobbying is because they are funded to do that. And I never in a million years would have guessed that AIA's PAC was 10% of what NAHB's was. And part of that is, you know, we have to show that value. We need to explain to the architecture profession why it's so important for us to fund these initiatives. We want to see changes, positive changes as it relates to climate. And in order to do that, we have to have the dollars to make those issues uh, relevant and to bring them up. You know, it's just, it's a part of the political process, but what Sarah Dodge, who leads our advocacy team and I are working on is developing a more in comprehensive plan to encourage members to give to the PAC and letting them see what those results will be. You know, another piece of that is really just recognizing the importance of getting involved with codes. Now, ICC is one of the partners that I worked with very heavily at, at NIBS. And of course, they were also closely tied to NAHB. I know that, that the goal is to have the best building codes, not you know, built to design to the bare minimum, but how do we put in codes that are going to meet all of the needs that we are saying need to be set for um, a fully carbon neutral 2030? And for us to get there, we must make changes in the code. And unfortunately, historically, we do not have as much active participation from architects at those code meetings and those code hearings as we do other professions. And so if we want our initiatives to move forward, we have to be an active voice in codes, on the Hill, we have to do more. And that's one thing that I hope to really get moving at AIA. And 
also just bringing all of those relationships. You know, I had meetings um, earlier today and I'm constantly staying in touch with my cohort in tomorrow. Actually, this is a big meeting of all the CEOs of the Built Environment Associations, everybody from BOMA, ASHRAE, ICC, uh, CSI, you name all the alphabet soup of letters. We all come together to share you know, what we're working on, what are our challenges, where can we work closer together, and really just also what are we doing running our own associations, and how can we learn from each other. So that network of, of great leaders is important to me, and to bring that information that we're sharing back to AIA so that we can stay uh, in line and above and leading from, you know, become, move us forward, that's really important to me. And so I will continue to build our relationships with other CEOs in the built environment. And part of what actually came out of our governance week last week was feedback from members who want to make sure that as we recognize um, topics where we're all kind of addressing it, bringing members from each of our, our groups together so that they can uh, collaborate and look at ways where we can move, move the industry forward. I just love this spirit of collaboration, Lakeisha, that you're talking about with with your with your counterparts. This is it's really inspiring, um, and just like so obvious in some way, and yet I'm sure it's the kind of thing that when we're all just so busy running our own organizations and trying to figure. I mean, you've got a pretty sizable membership, you know. But I, I just really admire that you're able to take the time to do that because as you're saying it's it's really a full professional community right and the issues that different associations are facing are probably there's probably a lot of overlap and interest and um yeah that's just that's that's so um cool to hear and and exciting also to hear about the pack i you know i um we talk a lot on our podcast about the role of advocacy and what people can do to get involved in in the in the realm of policy um in for our built environment and it's i'm really happy to hear that you're kind of pushing on that with your team so thank you for that um and yeah i think that kind of transitions us into some of these bigger questions that we like to ask our guests i i think the the one that we want to ask you about um, feeds really nicely off of that, which is that you've spent your career um, in this environment in which the building industry, I guess I would say, is sort of grappling with what's next. Um, what what does it need to respond to? You mentioned technology. We've talked about climate. So from where you sit, how do you see the future of the building industry and the role of the built environment pr profession or community more broadly? Well, when I, I think about the built environment and kind of how we can move forward, the joy of being here at AIA is that architects are really central to the mission of you know, making advancements in climate change, specifically, of course, around the built environment, because they have agency and the ability to convene within their practices and within the profession. We as an organization, must work with other groups. It's why I've been having conversations with my cohort of leaders. And the architecture community can lead advocacy for more resilient communities, not only through the buildings they design, but also the policies they support at the federal, state, and local level. One thing I want to make sure we remind our members is Sometimes they'll, you know, they give at the local level or they give at the state level. That's where their focus is. We have to find a way to make sure they understand that 
all levels need support. Um, I'm thinking about some successes this past year. And uh, I know that, well, actually, when I, I think about climate, I'm what's fresh in my mind is coming back from COP27. And, you know, I've so often we talk about how, you know, climate, we've got so many problems and we can really quickly identify what's going wrong. But I have to tell you, I was so inspired when I was there because as I sat there looking at people from all over the globe who were recognizing that we still have to do more, but sharing stories of success even at a small level, how everyone was there, 33,000 people focused on trying to move the needle in the right direction. And yes, although we're not where we need to be, I do want to say how exciting it was to see that across the board, no matter what level you're at, students or politicians or delegations from every uh, every type of scale, they were all there really trying to focus on moving the needle. And it really gave me hope. And, you know, part of why AIA was there is because we knew we needed to join that climate change conversation at a global scale. Uh, we had a delegation that actually attended uh, COP26 in Glasgow. And uh, this year, we sort of, it was our second year, we had meetings that you would hope we could actually accomplish here in the DC area. But we didn't get the opportunity to really have those face-to-face -face discussions uh, to bring panels together with Senator Whitehouse and Senator Markey and really just talk about what's really happening within this community and how we, uh, the decisions that need to be made in order, us to, in order for us to move it forward. And it was just really reinforced how important it was for us to be there. And if we want to move the needle uh, to mitigate and reduce the harm of worsening climate crisis, we had to be in attendance. We had to share what our, our goals are. And I'm I'm excited for what we can do next. Mm, I love this. And also you gave a shout out to Senator Whitehouse. And so I just have to make sure that you've heard this story, which our listeners, some of our, our avid listeners anyway, will have heard before. But I listened to a podcast not too long ago. It was the Fifth Wall uh, venture capital uh, podcast about, around climate, their venture investors around real estate and climate. And they interviewed Senator Whitehouse about the role of the sort of their building industry uh, and climate change. And they asked, what should people in the building industry do to, to fight against climate change? And his answer was basically, make sure that your associations are involved in the right way in the political fight in Washington, D.C. And of course, it's Senator Whitehouse that so he would say that to some degree. But I just wanted everyone to hear that, you know, that, that this is for Senator Whitehouse, is one of the people who's very deeply engaged in this this work of climate yeah. action. And he's basically, you know, he's really reinforcing what you're saying here, which is people, you know, AIA members need to be thinking about their involvement at the national scale, but also just to understand if you're kind of wondering, is it, you know, how how can I make sure that I am doing my that I'm doing my my best and having my biggest impact? Uh, you know, that at least from Senator Whitehouse's perspective, it's to make sure that you are involved. And for a lot of our listeners, that may not be the AIA. It may be your professional association that you're a, a part of and, you know, landscape architecture or planning, et cetera. But um, 
I just want to make sure we really hear what he's saying there and, and what you're saying about the importance of really bringing our collective voices together. So thank you for doing that and, and for and for going to COP and, uh, you know, being a part of the discussion. Yeah, I was really happy to have the opportunity to be there. And uh, again, all, constantly my brain just keeps running on what action can we take so that we can track the results, right? It's not just mm -hmm. that we're there and we're having conversations, but then what did we bring back? What new tools or resources can we provide? And how are we going to show how we're moving that needle in a positive way? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. It's a great question for us to be all pondering and um, and that we can take with us today. And, and before we wrap up, we have one more question we like to ask all of our guests. I'm very excited to hear your answer for this one, Lakeisha, but who are you most inspired by these days in terms of leaders in any realm? Oh boy. Well, that's always a tough question when people ask me. And I think part of it is um, the kid in me is always goes back to the person I would most like to meet uh, because I was influenced by them. And that would be Oprah. And I say that because she took what I thought was um, what could be considered a sort of simple job and made sure that she turned her voice to impact so many various communities. And for me, I'm inspired by people who are thinking outside of themselves and at anybody else they can help influence and make a difference in their lives. And this year, just being surrounded by the members at AIA, I have to say, I'm really inspired by architects. I thought I knew, I mean, I've been in the building industry, right? My whole career. I know architects, engineers, home builders. I've seen them all. I know them all. But to just have so many conversations with so many different architects from all across the country, and they really, truly want to change the world. It, I'm talking to them about how, how can we help you make your business more profitable or, you know, tell me a success story that you have that maybe we can create a new tool. And I'm still impacted by, you know, a member who told me, how they were so excited they had created the first um, LEED Platinum certified building in Egypt. And they had told me about it so I could go see it while I was there. And they said that, you know, the company that they built for gave them a, a bonus, a climate bonus, because they exceeded their goals. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. So you had the opportunity to generate this revenue. And, you know, whether you reinvested in the company or your people, and then no, they reinvested it back into the client to be able to tell the story about how they made this climate positive uh, building because they were just so in love with the work that they were doing that they wanted to pour all the dollars right back into the project. And although I was sort of defeated, I still was also so inspired by that kind of love and passion for what they do to a level that maybe we're still going to work on so that we, we need to have successful, financially viable businesses <laughs> in order for you to recruit new people to stay in this business. Uh, but I do just love that, that energy and that excitement and that passion to truly do all that they can to impact their community in a positive way. And uh, that inspires me to want to do more and help 
in every way I possibly can to create tools and resources that continue to help them be more successful so they can in turn help society. And I feel like I can make my mark in some way by doing just that. Mm, I am sure you can. <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> note for us to end on. I I, I hope that it has uh, reinforced to everyone listening just what a um, what a privilege it is for for the architects uh, to have you there to support the community and and to support their you know their inspirational work in the world. I, I totally know what you mean. You know, I I think. I think having gotten into the building industry and not being an architect myself, I, I certainly have my fair share of moments where I give architects a little bit of uh, sass for whatever kind of architecture things they do. But at the end of the day, um, I mean, there's just no question that, that that the field is just full of incredibly energetic, inspirational, creative people who are just uh, challenging so many assumptions about the way we live our lives in such beautiful ways it's like it's 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 such a great community to to support every day so um thank you for that and also thanks for i mean i, I love the oprah point too i think this great this is great like taking something <laughs> wherever you're coming at your career from and trying to figure out how to have the most impact it's um really beautiful and thank you thank you for all your comments thanks for all of the thoughtfulness and for your leadership um it's been really great to have you here with us today Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. It's always just great to have a chance to chat with you, Lindsay, for sure. So oh, yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> I mean, we, we're just thankful we got you. I think hopefully our listeners know um, there's a, a lot more that we all try to do to align and stay coordinated with our various organizations, but uh, taking the time for a podcast is a whole nother thing. So thank you, <laughs> um, Lakeisha. And thank you, Kira, as always. Uh, it's been great to be with you. It's a pleasure always. Great and to be with you both. And Kira, my holiday reading, Women in Green, I'm on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank Shout you, Lakeisha. I love that. <laughs> Okay, that is it for us this week on the Design the Future podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Please leave us a review on Apple. It really matters, and it helps people find us. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.